Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Good night. Welcome to those watching online. Amen. Let's uh, lift up Pastor Mario. He's sick tonight. I know there's a lot of sickness going around. This is the time to give more and the time to take more vitamin C. Amen. Make sure you're taking stuff to fight against the change of weather and all the different things going on. Amen. Let's get our Bibles open to Genesis 15, if you would. And as you're getting there, God's got a word for us tonight. Amen. How many came to get a word from the Lord? That's why we're here. We're not just here to show up. We came to get something from God, and the Word is going to speak to us tonight. Let's finish this year strong. This is always the time to challenge you guys. You're here. You're doing good. Keep it up the rest of the year. Uh, As the year starts to close up, I feel like we can sometimes spiritually get like we do physically, lazy and, and unbuckle the belt and just overeat and oversleep and all this different stuff, and we want to finish strong. Amen? So then when we head into this, to January, we're not having to make too many resolutions. For, Father, we thank you this tonight for this opportunity. We ask you to visit us. We know that you're here right now, and as I lift up my hand, I surrender to you. I pray that your word would come forth in power. I pray that your word would bring forth signs and wonders, Lord, and it would do everything it says it would do. It would fulfill everything it says it needs to fulfill, and every promise given would be fulfilled in our lives. We thank you for the privilege to be in your house tonight. We pray for Pastor Mario and any other people in our church that are sick tonight, and as bugs are going around and flu season and all different things, we just pray for healing over their bodies. We pray for those that couldn't be here. We pray for the backslider tonight, Lord, that they would get their hearts right with you. We pray for those that are in a bad place mentally, that you would touch their minds, and we thank you, Lord, for victory tonight in the power of the cross in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. I'm not going to put the title up tonight yet, but I want you to be in Genesis 15. And how many would say tonight that it's important to be righteous? And, and it's important to talk about being righteous. How many would, would say, I want to be a righteous person? We're on the right track tonight. Righteous, righteousness. There's, I, I looked up that about uh, six, almost 600 times in the Bible you hear the word righteous. But I think that a lot of times as Christians, and that's what I hit on tonight, we don't really know what righteous means, or we don't know how to be righteous, or we think we're righteous and we're not, or we are righteous and we don't know it. So I want to kind of hit that tonight and talk about that a little bit tonight. I was reading this week in, in the book of Genesis and, and uh, just watching some different things in the scriptures, and I thought this would be a good thing to talk about. So uh, on, the, on the word of righteousness, let me just tell you what, what the definition of righteous is. We will probably understand it. It says, of a person or conduct, morally right or justifiable. Morally right is probably the first thing we think of. When we say that purchase person is a righteous person, we think about them being morally right. Right in the right place, morally, right? Did that come to anybody's mind tonight? That is definitely a part of it. But I think there's a humongous part that we miss out on that I'm going to hit tonight. 
And so I'm going to ask you a question. This might come across as weird. Uh, I asked Destiny earlier what she thought about this, and it might sound weird. But what if I told you tonight that I believe that I am a very righteous person? How would, that, how would you take that if I told you that or someone else told you? They say, I'm, I, I believe and feel like I am a very righteous person. Does that sound weird? Okay, it might be, might sound weird. But I, and I, when I say that, I'm not just saying it to say it. I do truly tonight believe that I am a very righteous person. Okay, and, and I thank you for the amens. And I'm, I'm going to show you tonight why I think that I'm a very righteous person. Now, I can already see some of you, if you know your Bibles, Maybe the first scripture that came to your mind, and it would come to mind if I was sitting where you're sitting, is, but the Bible says that our righteousness, Isaiah 64, is like filthy rags. Right? How many know that verse? The Bible says our righteousness, in other words, what we can do morally to be justifiable is like filthy rags. In other words, we cannot be righteous morally in God's eyes in our own power. So how can you stand there, Pastor, and say that you are a very righteous person? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I want to tell you tonight, amen? Let's look at Genesis chapter 15, and we're going to look at a few verses here that are so powerful. And uh, this is the story of Abram, who's going to become Abraham. And I want to throw in some things as I'm going along with this as a Wednesday night message to kind of teach you some things. I'm proclaiming the gospel tonight, but I want to teach you some things as well. When we get saved, how many know our names get saved? Our names are written in that book of life. Abram is a name that this man had before we know him to be later as Abraham. Amen. But here we see in these beginning verses of his life, if you're to read back later, if you've read Genesis, I know a lot of us have taken the challenge to read the Bible this year and finish it, and so you had to go back and start in Genesis again, and you might remember that right before we read this, God is telling Abraham that he needs to leave his country and leave his people and go to another country, to another people. And there's such a correlation in this to our lives because God is asking us when we get saved to leave who we were and leave the people we used to hang out with and go to a new people and, and, and be a new people. Amen? There's a lot of correlations. We're following the path and the, and the example of the Old Testament here. And so he's told him to go. And, and we're going to see here in a minute, I'm going to say this a couple times, but he tells them, you might know this, in several different places, that I'm going to make your descendants like the sand on the seashore. How many have heard that verse or read that verse? Or he says in another place, and sometimes in the same place, because he says it several times, I'm going to make your descendants like the stars in the heavens. If you can look up and see the stars in heaven on a clear night, and you can count them, Abraham, that's how many uh, descendants you're going to have. Okay, how many remember those, those verses? Our lives tonight, I want to bring this home to us, is, is God saves us and he gives us a salvation from our old lives and he has a plan and a purpose for us and church, our plan and our purpose must be fulfilled in letting other people know about Jesus. That's our purpose tonight. We do a lot of different things. I've talked to several pastors this week, some of ours, some just in the fellowship and, and, and over and over again we reiterate that a church like ours and a church that is a healthy church must do outreaches, which we do. 
We do outreaches all year long. We're always trying to find new ways to do outreaches, new ways to reach people. We have certain things that we do all year, like Harvest Fest, and we do um, uh, we do the Trunk or Treat, and we do Spring Fest, and we go to the square. There's lots of different things we do during the year that are outreaches to the community, and we're never going to stop doing that. But the real thing that builds a church is one-on-one evangelism. One person telling another person about Jesus at your workplace, at the grocery store, at the park, at the gas station. That's how true churches are built by one-on-one evangelism. And we're not going out tonight after people who go to church already. Our growth is not called transfer growth. That doesn't mean that God doesn't bring great people into our church. There's people in this place that came from other churches. That happens. God brings good people in. We take them. We accept them. We love them. We're thankful that they're here. But our vision as a church is to go out and reach people who've never heard the gospel, right? And so that's our goal as a church and as God's people is to do that. And that's the plan all the way back. When he said, Abraham, I want you to go, his, his, uh, his mentality was, God's was, when he says his descendants, his, I want you to multiply. Remember we talked about that a few weeks ago? I want you to multiply. So there's a, there's a challenge and a promise. And so he says to Abraham here in a vision, he says, don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, as you're reading the scriptures, I want to teach you guys when you're reading during the day or you're reading in the morning or you're reading at night, and hopefully you're doing all that. When you're reading, don't just read it to go over it. Stop sometimes and enjoy a powerful word like, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. I could just preach on that one sentence right there for an hour. We could just talk about how amazing it is that God of the universe is our shield and he's our exceedingly great reward. So then he goes to the next verse and says, Abram, but Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? See, Abram is remembering back to the promise. Remember the promises we were talking about a few weeks ago that are yes and amen? He says, I'm childless, and he's he's one-tracked mind. How many know we need to be one-tracked mind about souls, about the promise that God has given us? He he just told him, Abram, I'm your exceedingly great reward. And he says, yes, Lord, you are, but I don't have a child, and so I can't do what you promised me that you were going to do through me. I love you like you love me. I don't think I love you as much as you love me, but I really love you. And, and I'm falling short on showing you how much I love you because you're not giving me the promise that you, get, that you told me you're going to give me. I don't have a child. He says, the heir right now of my house when I die is Eliezer of Damascus. Let's keep reading. And Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. So he's saying a servant is my heir right now. And behold, the word of the Lord came tonight. The word of the Lord is coming to us and says, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body. Now now notice how I just mentioned that soul winning is to go out and reach people who don't know the Lord. We want, pe- we want our growth to be what's called organic. How many want the, 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 the growth in your life to be organic? That means it happens naturally. 
That means you get saved, and then you go tell somebody else about Jesus, and they get saved. Amen? It's, it's a powerful thing to see that. And so he says, don't worry, the promise I gave you is not going to come from somebody else. It's going to come from your own body, and that shall be your seed. Then he brings them outside, and he says it again. Look now towards heaven, and count the stars if you're able to number them. Okay, so how many are following me so far? God has given a promise to Abram. Abram is reminding God of his promise. Tonight I'm telling you, God is giving us a challenge to fill these seats that are empty now on a Wednesday night. How many know that our attendance is not going to look the same right now as it did six months ago? We've sent out about 30 people of our church alone to go start churches. And then inside of that, there's battles, there's lies, there's deceptions, people are cold, people are sick, there's all kinds of things. We have to have a vision, and I'm telling you God is with us because the spirit that I felt Sunday morning after that 11 o'clock service was powerful. If you weren't here, you missed it. There was something that happened. It was just I know that there was a hand from God saying, I'm on this church. We already know he's on this church, but he was just telling us, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I promised I would do. And as I was praying in the prayer room tonight, I'm, I reminded the Lord, just like Abraham is reminding God here, I reminded him, Lord, we have sent out our best. We have planted seeds. We have sown seeds. Now you got to bring those seeds back into this house so that we can continue to grow. We can continue to reach people and we can continue to raise up more couples so more couples can go out and preach the gospel so we can get more people saved amen that's the vision and so we're, we're just relating this here to what what Abram is doing with God and so he says this isn't the first time he tells him this he goes and tells him again and I can almost see Abram getting to a place where sometimes I feel God Yes, we've talked about this before. Yeah, you told me we were going to see this great revival. Yeah, Lord, you told me we were going to see this outpouring of your spirit. Yes, God, you told me that this church would be so full, there'd be people sitting up on the stage, God. But instead of doing that, we sent everybody out. Right? How many are with me? Right? We're sowing seeds. But so I'm, I'm, I feel like you, we feel as a church sometimes like Abraham is here. God, You've told me this before. Like you've you've gone out and pointed to the stars before, and and a matter of fact, in I think thirteen, he even says your your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. Most people don't know that one. That's way more than the sand on the seashore or the stars in heaven. That's a lot. Okay, and so all this is going on, and he's you know this is where we're gonna get to the message right here. And he says to him, so shall your descendants, now for us, it's not descendants, for us it's going to be souls and multiplication and lives change. He says, so shall your descendants be, okay, and here's the key, and he believed, and he believed, this is the key, this is why I'm telling you tonight that I am a very righteous person. Because the Bible teaches us here that a big part of being righteous, not all of it, but a big part, there is another part to the righteousness of God, which is moral decisions, and I'm, I'm not hitting that. I'm not saying tonight that what I'm going to tell you tonight is the only part of righteousness, but it is a big part of righteousness, and as a matter of fact, it is the most important part of righteousness. If you don't get this part, you don't get the rest. Okay, 
How many are following me? And he believed in the Lord. How many believe in the Lord tonight? Now, I don't mean just, yeah, pastor, I believe. I mean, do you really believe? With all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. He believed in the Lord, and here we go. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. So faith, you can put the title up tonight now, faith is righteousness. So notice that when I stood up here tonight and said, I believe that I am a very righteous person, my righteousness tonight in that declaration was not because of anything that I am or anything that I have done. It is because I believe. Does that make anybody happy tonight? Does that give anybody a little bit of peace tonight? That that's where righteousness starts? Hello? I'm not too convinced about you all over here. Does anybody get that over here? That maybe online, maybe they'll respond to me online. I hear them respond. I hear my dad shouting amen. Hello? Amen. Does that make anybody feel good? It should. Because tonight my, my righteousness, the fact that I'm a righteous man is not based on my good works, based on my talent or ability, based on anything else than the fact that I believe God and every word he says. And I believe his word is going to come to pass in my life. And I've been told a lot of times in my life that I have a lot of faith. And so if I have a lot of faith tonight, then I have a lot of belief. And if I have a lot of belief, then I'm a very righteous person. Do I have any righteous people in here tonight? Where are my righteous people in this place tonight? Amen? Isn't that exciting? It's exciting to get the, 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 the horse out before the cart. Because here's what a lot of people do today. A lot of people have the cart before the horse, and they think that their righteousness with God and what makes them good with God is their good com comportamiento. What is that? Um, behavior. Their good behavior. And that's why so many people are missing Jesus today because they're trying to reach up to Jesus with a behavior that will never be good enough. And so they're miserable and they're upset and they're not happy. And Abram got a vision here and a revelation here. And the Bible told him, God said, I have accredited to you. I have made you righteous because you have believed. You have believed in what I said about you that I would do through you. Amen? Isn't that powerful? Now, is there like a sound in here that's going on or something? Somebody hear music? Oh, okay. I just making sure I wasn't like hearing from the Lord or something. Amen. <laughs> Everybody else heard it? Okay. All right. Like maybe I'm supposed to sing or something, Lord. All right. <laughs> I've been praying to be used in the gifts. So I didn't know if the Lord wanted me to sing a solo or something. Let, tell the person next to you, faith is righteousness. Now, just real quick, because I'm going to show you a little bit more here. Understand, there's another sermon that, especially James, if you want to read it later, is, is the flip side of that. Because how many know everything in our walk is balance? James will say, faith without works is dead. So there's a balance. You can't just simply say, I believe Jesus died. And this is a problem, too. Here's the flip side. 
Many people today really believe Jesus. I mean, they believe Jesus is Lord. They believe Jesus is alive, but their lives don't show it. Can I get a better amen? There's a flip side to it. But you must get this right first. Because there are people today that I believe have the other thing uh, right, but it's the wrong thing first. How I many know oh, the foundation's got to be important? And so there's a lot of people today, you may be thinking of somebody, you may have been that person. I hope you're not tonight if you've been coming to this church, but you may have been that person where, and, 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 and listen, false doctrines and, and sects, S-E-C-T-S, that's hard to say without saying the other word, sex and cults are built off of works. And they're built off of uh, doing the good things and doing the good deeds. And, and that is supposed to be done, but those people don't have their faith and their righteousness from God in their belief in who Jesus Christ is, which is first. So faith is righteousness. And that's a whole different message, okay, that you can read later. So let's look at um, uh, Romans, if you would, with me tonight. Actually, we're going to go to Romans in a second. Let me, let me show you what faith is in the Bible, Hebrews 11. Most of you know this, but I want to show you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if, if and this is where the frustration sometimes can come in with God. God is always, if we're doing it right, just to give you a generic example, God is always going to be dangling the carrot out in front of us. Does that make sense? And he's always going to be pulling it in front of us. Never to fully, not that we can't partially, but never to fully attain what God has called us to because we need, we need God. So we, we're hoping for something that we can't touch. God says, look up and see the stars. And he tells him something that physically he cannot touch. Those stars are way up in the air. They're far away. It seems impossible if you're, if you're in a place in your walk with God where what God is asking you to do seems impossible, you're in a good place. Yeah, that's where God wants you to be. Because he wants you to be in a place where you're having to believe for something and hope for something that you can't touch. And then sometimes when he lets you touch a little bit, then he'll, he'll just let you get a touch and then it'll be gone again. Because he wants you to keep believing for more. Because if he just gave it to us, we wouldn't have to have faith. So he's always, and I hope that was a good example, always dangling the faith carrot in front of us. And if we're really working for God the way he wants us to, we are not satisfied. We are always happily discontent with our lives in the sense of I can do more for God. God doesn't want us to be comfortable. He wants us to be challenged. And when he challenges us, he's putting something out in front of us, and, and he's saying, I want you to do more. There's seats around you that are empty. There's neighbors in your, in your neighborhood that aren't saved. There's people at the grocery store that need to hear the gospel. He's going to keep on putting it out in front of us, and we can't just stop tonight, church, and say, you know what? God has really used us. I've given. We've started some churches. We've done the vision. We must be happily discontent tonight. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And then it says the evidence of things, what? Not seen. Okay? So God is a God that is invisible. You can go ahead and take it down. None of us have seen God, right? 
Even if you had a vision, you haven't seen him with your physical eyes. None of us have touched Jesus' physical skin like Thomas did. We haven't felt or touched or seen with our own eyes God or Jesus, but here we are tonight worshiping God who we can't see, believing that we're going to go to a place that we've never seen, believing that our sins that we've definitely seen are gone. That's, that's faith. To believe that all the things I've ever done, and I told you this a few weeks ago, if you were to bring it up to God, he would say, I don't know what you're talking about. Amen. That's, that's faith. Faith to believe that those things are gone and they don't exist anymore. And it's the evidence of things that I cannot see. And so there's an element of my righteousness, that a great element of my righteousness, the foundation of my righteousness is in the fact that I just take God at his word. And if you're a person here tonight that you may struggle sometimes with wondering, does God love me? Am I in a right position with God? Am I in good standing with God? I want you to know tonight that if you have faith and you believe God's word as it is, that you are, I can tell you from the Bible, straight from the Word of God, that you are in good standing and you're in a good place and you're on a strong foundation because your righteousness starts with faith. Simple faith. Many times blind faith. Many times blind faith. So let's look at now Romans chapter 4 to begin to close up and show, show you that the Old Testament is the New Testament. Say it with me. Concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. You're always going to see the Old Testament being revealed in the New and concealed things of the Old being revealed in the New and new, in new, in the New Testament bringing out things that were, we couldn't see in the Old. They tie back and forth together. Okay, and here we see something very similar, Romans chapter 4, we're going to read this together, verse 1, that is reiterated again from the Old, Old Testament. What shall we say then? And, and I want to tell you again tonight, if you have not read the book of Romans, what are you doing? Read the book of Romans. Romans is powerful. Romans is is our heritage. Romans is where the, 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 what we call the road to salvation is, where we see that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, that we, when, while we were sinners, Christ died for us, that what, now that we're in Christ, there's no condemnation, that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we're saved. Romans is powerful. Paul preaching to the Romans, okay? So this says, then what shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found? And what it's going to say here is, in the New Testament now, this is bringing this to today. This is so powerful. What, what did Abraham find out by God telling him? I'm going to give you descendants like the stars in the heavens, the dust of the earth, the sand on the seashore. But it's going to come through your, through your seed. And you have to believe that. We know that Abraham and Sarah were old. And a lot of time passed, and it didn't seem like it was going to happen. And I'm not going to take the time to focus tonight on the negative of the things that they did wrong. Let's just stay on the, in the Hebrews chapter 11 faith, thing of faith, okay? Because we could all focus on things we've done wrong. If you know the story, you know they did things their own way, don't do that. Okay? Keep the promise in your heart. Don't do things your way. 
So, so he, he gets to the place where he does it right. His, his seed is fulfilled in his flesh. And he says, what, sh- what shall we see about this? Let's read here. Verse 2. If for Abraham, if Abraham was justified by works, then he has something to boast about. Okay? If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Here's what makes us righteous. He's just reiterating this again. For Abraham believed God. How many believe God tonight? I just want to ask you again. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Don't change the verse yet, please. What makes him righteous? His faith. His belief. Because he believed, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So he wasn't looking at how Abraham, otherwise, think about this. Stay with me on this. Let's just focus on the bad for a second. If that was the case, he would not have been saved. If that is the case, the gospel would not get to us today because him and his wife made another plan and tried to do something on their own, and today there's an entire religion because of it. God could have held his works against him. Thank God he didn't. God could hold our sin against us tonight. We shouldn't just be thankful this month in the month of Thanksgiving, but let me give you something to be thankful about, that your sins are forgiven. Amen, that your sins are forgiven. Because if we were not under the blood of Jesus Christ tonight, we would be in trouble. We would have to own up to all of the mistakes we've made. We'd have to be looking forward to a future where we would stand before God and have to answer for our dumb decisions. Amen. And so this happens, and he says, I'm going to credit Abraham righteousness. I'm going to give it to him on credit because I weigh the intentions of the heart, and I can see tonight he believes. Okay, now this is important. How many know that God weighs the intentions of our hearts? Okay, so uh, Pastor Nestor mentioned on Sunday the, the wicked heart that we have. So we have to be careful that we know that when we say we believe, we truly believe. Okay, or otherwise you're fooling yourself and your righteousness is false. But you can say tonight with assurance that you are a righteous man or woman of God if you truly believe. Okay, let's keep reading. Now, to him who works, listen to this. this. This is how serious this is. The wages are not counted as grace. Leave this up for I explain this. If we try to go, and that's what Romans is about. If you'll read the, that book of Romans, you'll see that if we try to live by the law, if we try to justify ourselves by being good people, okay? Now, how many know we should be good people? Don't misunderstand that. But if we try to be saved or be righteous or be in God's eyes in a good way because of our goodness, that's where we lose. He says, because if you try to do the law and try to be good in my sight by obeying my law, which is impossible, then you have to live up to every single dot and every single T. So he's saying here, this is pretty powerful, He says, now, to him who works, to him who, and listen, again, there's cults and churches today that teach your salvation is in works. This says, 
those who believe that their salvation is in works, the wages of their works are not counted as grace, but as debt. So just stop and think about this for a second. This will be another reason to be thankful tonight. Not only do you have to answer to God for the dumb decisions we've made, he says, not only am I going to hold that against you, I'm going to put some extra debt on it. The things that you think are making you right with me are actually making you worse. The things you do because you want me to love you more and you want to line up with me in my word and, and you do it for the wrong reason without the faith first because we do need to live holy lives. Let me just say that again. We do need to be righteous in our works. We do need to be holy as he is holy. We do need to control ourselves and all the things we talk about all the time. But if you're doing that before the faith and belief in what Jesus did, you're off. Okay? And not only are you off, there's a debt coming against it. He's like, don't do that, and if you do, it's worse. Do y'all see that? Clear as a bell. Okay? Let's keep reading. Three more verses. But to him who does not work, but what? Believes on him who justifies the ungodly. Can somebody be thankful that God justifies the ungodly? Do I have any ungodly people in here? Everybody better raise their hand. Amen. All of us are, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're thankful tonight because he says, if you believe that I justify the ungodly, his faith, whose faith, that's whoever believes, is count, accounted for righteousness. Just like Abraham. Six. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes or puts upon righteousness apart from works. Amen. Blessed. Say blessed. Are those, this, this is again reason to be thankful, extra thankful during this time of Thanksgiving. What do we be thankful for? Hello. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed, amen, is the man to whom the Lord shall not hold against them their sin. That should make you excited. Because if we could see what our sins look like, it's like that song we sing, how I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon that cross. Last verse. Oh, that was it. Sorry. I want to read eight again. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. I'm probably going to send this verse out tomorrow right here, seven and eight. That's so powerful. So how many on this side of the church do I have that are believers? How many righteous people do I have over on this side of the church? How many righteous people do I have over here on this side of the church? How many righteous people do we have online tonight? Amen? Not because of what we do, but because of who he is and what he has done. Amen. Musicians, you can begin to head up here. And I want to give you just a last thought as they begin to come up. And we're going to thank the Lord tonight. And, 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 and I want us to just leave church tonight with a smile on our face. And I want you to just tell a few people when you leave, you look righteous tonight. Amen. I want you to tell them from your, from your heart. And, and, and if you believe, you look back at them and say, I am and so do you. Okay? Tell a few people.
That's what makes us righteous tonight. It, 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 does anybody want to stand up and argue? You can. Go ahead. There's no argument. Our righteousness comes from faith and faith alone. And then it's just like, it's almost like giving. It's almost like tithing and offerings. We do that out of obedience. We do it out of love because of what Jesus did for us. The, the works we do because we're so thankful that Jesus has forgiven us of our sins. For some reason and somehow today, there's a people in this world who, who, who sin and do bad things to abuse the grace of Jesus Christ. Instead of saying, God, I am so thankful that I'm righteous in your sight and I want to stay righteous. I don't want to just believe by my heart. I want to show you with my actions how much I love you and how much I believe in you. So listen to this last paragraph. A person is righteous. He is in right relationship with God. I'm going to make this simple, okay? We're in right relationship with God tonight. If you're here, I believe there's some people who question sometimes, am I really saved? Who question sometimes, am I right with God? I want to answer your question tonight. I want you to leave happy tonight. And this depends on you. Because if you don't believe, then that, that's a whole other story. But here's what it says. This is the, the, the summary tonight of what I said. A person is righteous and is in right relationship with God when he simply receives the obedience of Christ. Listen, and the forgiveness of sins through faith. Can I read that again? He simply believes that Christ obeyed. That, In other words, he went to the cross for us. And he took that sin on his life, and we and, and the forgiveness of sins comes through him and faith. That's it. That's what makes you righteous. You believe Christ went to the cross, and his sins, your sins were forgiven by that blood that was shed. That's what makes you righteous. But you have to believe that. Not like a head knowledge, like Sunday school knowledge, but you have to really believe that God came out of heaven. You have to really believe that he walked physically on this earth in a human body. You have to really believe that he, in, in his own will, as a, as a human feelings, went to the cross and gave his life for you. You have to really believe that when he was on that cross, the shed blood of his body was for your sins to be forgiven. And then you have to really believe that he really died and he really went into a borrowed tomb and he really came out of it three days later. If you really believe what I just said tonight, and you can read 1 Corinthians 15, which is another amazing, beautiful chapter that makes the gospel simple. Don't let people make the gospel difficult. I'm doing this for our benefit tonight because we can't go out and give something we don't think we have. If you're questioning, am I saved? If you're questioning, am I a righteous person? You're never going to be able to get someone saved. But you can go out of here tonight and say, listen, I make mistakes and you make mistakes to that person you're witnessing to, but we both have something in common. Without God, we're lost, but with Jesus, we can be saved. We're on equal playing ground. Everything's equal 
at the cross. Amen? Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you tonight that I can boldly and with confidence say that I am a righteous person because I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, as you told Abram, because you've believed, it is accredited to you as righteousness. Lord, you were telling Abraham, I believe in you before you ever even go do anything else. You're you're telling Abraham, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give you credit on what you believe. Tonight, Lord, we believe in the gospel. And, Lord, that is what makes us righteous. And, Lord, tonight we are full of faith and not doubt. And, Lord, I pray if anyone in this place tonight is doubting still, Lord, that you would remove that doubt and you would fill it with faith. Because, Lord, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things we cannot see. And tonight, Lord, you're a big, mighty, graceful, wonderful God that loves us. I thank you for your spirit in this place. I thank you that you're ministering to people's lives tonight all across this place. And I pray tonight in the mighty name of Jesus that hearts are being rendered unto you and lives are being changed and decisions are being made and belief is coming into the hearts of your people. As you're praying right now all over this place, how many in this place, in this sanctuary, in this church building tonight don't truly believe. This is the moment. This is the the day of salvation, the Bible calls, the acceptable day of the Lord, Corinthians says. If you've not believed, I'm not asking if you've come to church or held the Bible or, or went to a Sunday school class, but do you really, really believe tonight? How many tonight could say, Pastor, you have hit a a part of my understanding tonight that I realize I may have been doing works and I may have been trying to get to heaven because of being a good person, but that's not what saves me. What saves me tonight is faith. Faith and faith alone is the cornerstone. Jesus, I believe. If you've never put your faith in that tonight, Would you just lift up your hand and say, pray for me. Tonight, I want to put my faith in that, which you're talking about, the simple obedience and simple faith that Jesus died on the cross. I've never done that. Just put your hand up. I've never done that. Amen. I see your hand. I believe that's a revelation for some people. I believe there's a lot of people, and maybe you won't raise your hand. I hope you do, that that in your mind, your mind's been wrong. It's been, how can I be good enough? How can I do the right thing? How can I say the right things? What If I make a mistake, does God stop loving me? It's not what saves you. Your goodness, your good works is filthy rags. What saves you tonight is simple faith. I believe I believe, I believe. How many more would be honest tonight? Amen. I, I have came to church. I, I've, I, I thought I believed, but I don't know if I've, my belief has been 100% in that. You can't have the works before the faith. Faith without works is dead, but you have to have faith first. You have to believe. Maybe you're here tonight. How many could say, you know, I, I did believe at some point in my life, but tonight I'm, my faith is shaken. My faith is not where I know it needs to be. 
And tonight is a good night for me to get back on track and get my heart right with God and start lining up my works with my faith. How many could say that's me tonight? Just put your hand up. Put it right back down all across this place. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand tonight all over this place. We're going to say a prayer here in just a moment of salvation. We're going to say a prayer of faith. You know, the, the prayer of salvation is a prayer of faith. It's saying, Lord, I believe. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. That's why Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. See, that's where the two come in together. It's, 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 it's not that hard to say something, but do you really believe it? And then there's people that might believe it, but they don't say it. So he, we need both. There's a balance. And tonight we're going to say a prayer of faith. I'm going to say, Jesus, I believe. And that's what I want you to get out of this more than anything, that I'm saved tonight because of what you did, first and foremost. That's why, that's why Jesus is the chief cornerstone. That's why he, 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 everything is about his name. His name is the name above every name because only in that name can we be saved. If you raised your hand tonight, several hands went up, and you're serious and you mean it and you want to make a profession of faith tonight, we want to pray for you. Amen. It's not for your embarrassment. It's for you to, to make a stand for Jesus Christ. It's for you to say, you know what, I'm, I'm all in. I want people to know that I believe. If you raise your hand, just step out of that seat to the nearest aisle and just come down here. Let us pray for you. We'll pray a, a general prayer all together. Just step out and come. Come on, we're, gonna, we're rejoicing with you. We're not looking down on you. We're rejoicing with you. Amen. We're praying with you. We're wanting us all to be in the same page. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's open up these altars. Let's just all come down tonight and stand behind them. And because, you know, I, I really believe that a lot of us may not admit it, but if we're, if, we're, if we're honest, we try a lot of times to get right with God first by our actions. Am I speaking the truth to anybody? I do. I do it myself. And I have to catch myself. Because a lot of times when I feel condemned, this is where the con condemnation and conviction comes in. Remember that Romans 8 says, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember that there's a big difference. Just like it was mentioned Sunday, the difference between salvation is 12, 16 inches, 12 inches, whatever far it is, depending on your head and your heart. There's a difference there, right? There's a huge difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation, somebody tell me who condemnation comes from. And we're still online, right? Okay, we're going to say that prayer. Does condemnation come from God? No. So when we feel condemned, why do we listen to that voice? And I'm speaking to myself because we all do. We, we get to a place where we think, man, I made a mistake or I'm not living as holy as I could or whatever it is. And, and it may not even be anything serious in the world's eyes, but in your eyes it's something serious. And you feel condemned. You feel like, man, am I saved? That feeling is not from God. Conviction is from the Lord. He'll convict you of your sins. He'll convict you of a wrong motive or a wrong thought or a wrong deed. And we got to understand tonight that I am saved 100% because of what Jesus did. Nothing else. If even 1% of me tries to get in front of that, I'm lost. 
That's where I'm lost. So we have to pull ourselves back and say, no flesh, no flesh can glory in God's presence. That's what that verse was saying in Romans about Abraham, that if I try to do good works, if I try to, God, you love me more because I'm a good person. Wrong. Wrong. I love you because my son died for you and you believe what I did for you. See that? So bring yourself back to that over and over again. And then once you get that right and you're on that strong, solid foundation, you're not going to want to sin. You're not going to want to make mistakes. You're not going to want to do bad things. Amen? So we're going to say a prayer. I know we're still online. We're still on the podcast. For these here and for anybody watching, and remember, it's a prayer of faith. We're going to say a prayer of faith together. Lord Jesus, we believe your word. We believe you are the word. You came down from heaven and lived in a perfect body made by God, conceived by God, so that you could feel our pain and go through our life and our struggles and not sin. That's what makes you the Savior. You went to the cross as the perfect sacrifice. That's what makes you our Savior. You died on the cross for our sins. That's what makes you our Savior. We believe that. And we also believe that you came out of that grave and defeated death. Jesus, from all of our heart, with all of our heart, and out of our mouths, we confess and we believe that you are Lord and you are Savior. And because of that, we're born again. We're new creations. We have a fresh start tonight. All of our sins are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And because of that and our faith, our names are in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Help us live for you. Help us walk that kind of life that glorifies you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.